0: the Bible says in the last days people are going to have itching ears. They're not going to want to hear the truth. They will not tolerate sound doctrine. So people will get up and preach doctrines of devils. devils. Joe, immoral communist Biden, is a supporter of transgender surgery, puberty blockers, even for minors, and all at public expense. I'm sick of it. The communism that came in this country and the socialism the whole Democratic Party, it was weaned in Baptist churches just like this and preachers who said they believe the Bible and lying about it at the same time. Why can't we just believe that God says what he means and means what he says? All
1: right, good, be, good to be back with everybody today here on the Canceled Preacher podcast. And uh, here... Uh, my name is Jonathan Hudson, and I'm here with the Cancelled Preacher, Pastor Phil Hudson, my dad. And uh, before we get started today, I wanted to mention, uh, we um, uh, wanted to encourage you that uh, if you if you enjoy listening, share the podcast with somebody that you know of that might enjoy. Also, it helps if you uh, review or rate uh, the podcast, and we appreciate those who do. Thank you very much for listening, um, and reach out to us if you have any questions. Um, we would like to answer questions or um, interact with those who listen. The preacher at gmail.com is where you can reach us. Um, and today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, this hyper-grace movement, um, or I guess uh, modern Christianity, basically. And a lot of it falls into this category. It's done away with holiness and holy living under the guise of, I guess, freedom in Christ. Wouldn't you say that about sums it up? Yes, sir. Um, I was raised in a Wesleyan
0: church. Uh, Old-fashioned Wesleyan church, and I was taught um, as a child in the 60s and early 70s that you know we ought to live a holy and godly life, and uh, it seems like that is gone nowadays. Uh, holy, holy seems like it's a four-letter word in many Christian churches today. We are trying our dead-level best to be as much like the world as we possibly can, and it's all under the umbrella of grace, as you said, and uh, using grace um, as, um, as the reason or as an excuse to live a carnal life.
1: Before we jump into the grace and uh, some of the verses we wanted to read, one thing I was going to mention is uh, a source of criticism for, for you and preachers like you and also a source of praise is that you are specific in your preaching. Um, and what you just said uh, other preachers would, I'm sure, say, uh, and agree to. They'd sign their name to it. But it's when you start to get specific, you start to call out sin. That's where people start to call us judgmental, pharisaical, hypocritical, um, all these things, because that's where it starts to hit home. Yes. But some people have, some people don't like that, and they say, well, you know, that's that's wrong. You, know, you shouldn't do that. Other people say. I'm so glad you do that because there's so so few preachers now that will, you know, uh, when you start preaching on music, start naming you know, certain things that are wrong, or start preaching on dress standards, start getting specific. Right. Or start preaching on And the name for that is legalism. Mm-hmm. Any time
0: that you get specific, that is when you begin to interfere in the lives of others. And uh that upsets their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically I have talked to a lot of people, and this is what I hear people say all the time. Well, I didn't see anything wrong with, say, Joel Osteen's sermon. It was a fantastic message, and I hear that quite often Mm -hmm. from folks that go to liberal churches, you know, churches that refuse to identify. They'll say they're interdenominational or non-denominational. They don't like labels, Mm -hmm. but everybody has a name, and uh, that's a label. When you go to the gas station, you look for the labels. Otherwise, you're going to be pumping diesel into your gas tank. Right. Um, and so labels are important. We put labels on, <clears throat> on drugs and, uh, and so many other things, food products. So labels are very important. That identifies us. And the problem that we're having today, we can't even label or define a man or a woman. Yeah. And uh, I think we just need to nip it in the bud. Right. But here's the problem. It's not what Joel Osteen says that is so bad. It's what he doesn't say. Uh-huh. That's the problem. I mean, everybody would agree that, yeah, we're saved by grace, but not everybody would agree saved by grace through faith. But God, when he, when he um, gives us the gospel and gives us truth, he yeah. reinforces it with negative yeah. reinforcement. Yeah. For, for example, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves mm-hmm. is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Yep. And so if you just leave the the, the, one, the not side out, you have a lopsided gospel.
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah, preached a good sermon on that several years ago, tying the knot of salvation Yes, play on words. Yes. And you got to have those negative reinforcements because it, it makes precise the meaning. Yes. And narrows it down. Yes. And and I think what we're trying to do is accommodate the world. We We,
0: we shift from... Um, the center to the, the the sanctuary, you might say. It, it now becomes about a bigger church, you know, more prestigious, mm-hmm. plush carpets, stained glass windows, you know, beautiful steeples, and uh, all of these things to keep this church that's really no longer a church going. Yeah. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. And so folks don't want to hear the truth with a balance of truth, you mm-hmm. know, positively and negative reinforcement. Um, and so we say, well, we'll, we'll just be gospel preachers, mm-hmm. you know, and just preach the gospel. But I think that's a problem right there. Why preach the gospel to people who are already saved? Yeah. We need to go on to perfection. Yeah. Now let me stop and say this. I went to Hiles Anderson College in 1981. Brother Hiles came out of the Southern Baptist Conventions, as well as J. Frank Norris, um, John Rice, Lee Robertson. And the list goes on. Brother Howells used to tell a story um, where he was considered, uh, he used to be Southern Baptist, and he was being considered as being the president of the Southern Baptist Convention while he was still in Texas as a young man pastoring the Miller Road Baptist Church. And he had a meeting with several of what he said, the bigwigs of the Southern Baptist Convention. And they told him, we are really wanting to promote you and, and use you, your ministry. You've got a lot of wisdom. Etc. Etc. And um, and so he said he said this in his testimony that they said we don't mind you, the way you preach your style. He said that they were just asking that he be a little softer on sin and not name sin specifically. And uh, basically, they were saying you preached an unbalanced gospel, an unbalanced Bible. Say that. say the good parts but not the bad parts in other words don't be specific in the naming of your sin don't mm. get specific and he said because that'll divide us mm. and that's when brother howells if you know him and you listen to several of his sermons uh you you may have heard him say that's where he just hit the, you know hit his fist on the table and says brethren my preaching is not for sale mm-hmm. you know and he got up and that was the the end of him and the southern baptist convention right. relationship and uh, of course you know, it's the same way with, you know, Lester Roloff, for example, and others that just would not bend to the will of the powers that be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I've listened to a lot of, of good preachers, you know, and I hate to name names, but I'm going to say, for example, um, Charles Stanley, who just passed away. And uh, he has a lot of good messages on love, the Holy Spirit and things of that nature. But it's not offensive because it is it's it's not naming sin. Mm -hmm. You know, I was raised that smoking was wrong. Drinking was wrong. Going to the dance was wrong, you know, and uh, I believe that actually before I went to Hiles Anderson College and uh, music, certain music is wrong. It's just it's wrong and sinful. And and so I believe that if we're going to see revival, we have got to get back to exposing sin and making sin exceeding sinful.
1: Dare I say that if you're not offensive in your preaching, you're not Christ-like in your preaching. Because he was, uh, he offended people. Uh, He was offensive, so to speak, when he preached. Uh, At one time, there was multitudes following him and he preached and they all left. One sermon. And then um, right before he was crucified, when he preached against the Pharisees, he um, offended them. I mean, deeply offended them. Um, In fact, the whole his whole ministry he was offending the Pharisees and the religious uh, uh, the religious crowd uh, but he was uh, offensive yes uh, it has to be that way if if uh it's not offensive it's lacking truth absolutely uh, because truth has to offend uh something that's as powerful as perfect truth in the world uh, it cannot it cannot come up, come into our um, into our sphere so to speak we can't come in contact with perfect truth and not be offended uh, perfection is something that's unattainable in any area of human existence. Perfect truth has to come from, from heaven, um, and it's not going to enter into our lives and not have a disastrous effect on, uh, on our sinfulness. Uh, it's, it, if, if it's not offensive, uh, it's not truth. Absolutely.
0: And the whole gray area, we are trying to be, I don't know, this beautiful gray. Mm. where we want the world, but we also want the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. That's compromise. That's what the Lord called lukewarm or carnal Christians. You know, a person that's saved on their way to heaven, but living a worldly life. And we're supposed to deny worldly lusts. That's what the the scriptures say. In fact, all these folks that talk, they use grace. The Bible says, but you should not use grace as an occasion for the flesh. Yeah. And so those folks, I believe what they need to do is really get a, a a dose of grace because grace, the Bible says, will teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, and teach us that we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. And that is Titus chapter two, verses 11 and 12. I paraphrase that, but that's what the scriptures are teaching mm-hmm. us right there. That grace teaches us to deny worldliness, mm-hmm. deny ungodly lusts.
1: Yes, and that's the true essence of grace. But then Jude, chapter, uh, d- the fourth verse of Jude, um, tells us what's going to happen. And, you know, Jude has a lot to say about what's going to come in the last days or right before. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it gives us this prophecy. And it talks about how people are going to misuse grace. It says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who, uh, who were before uh, of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So what define that word lasciviousness. Well, it is sexual immorality is what it
0: is. And by the way, the first four um, works of the flesh. What we what we gravitate back to when we backslide, what the flesh desires. The Bible teaches us. uh, Well, for example, it says, Paul says, I told you before, I'm telling you again, the day which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Which things are they? Well, these are the works of the flesh, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness and lasciviousness. These are all four sins of the flesh that have to do with sexual immorality. And so that's what happens. So when a person backslides, that means they go back and live after the dictates of the flesh. They're not going to be spiritually led. They're going to be fleshly led. And the flesh will lead them back to fleshly desires, fleshly satisfaction. And the first four are adultery, fornication. Fornication. So adultery is basically between married people you know, um, fornication could include married people, but also maybe sin, uh, single people. And then um, uncleanness, that is a type of sexual sin, maybe pornography, you might say maybe that. And then lasciviousness, that is sexual attraction of a sinful manner. Um, but these four are, and then it, it lists more, but it begins with that.
1: That's what lasciviousness is. And uh, and so... So Pete, we're, Go ahead. We're told there in Jude to expect that perversion of the grace, which is exactly what we see going on today. Yes, it is, no.
0: actually. In fact, there's two sermons that I'm working on uh, for tomorrow morning. You know, it's the beginning of Gay Pride Month, and so I'm thinking about preaching on Gay Pride Month. And uh, But the other one that I've been working on for about a week is, you know, the Bible teaches us when we get saved, our works are going to follow us. The Bible teaches us that, well, in in James, for example, you know, we're saved by grace or by faith and works. That's what it says. Now, I, I should say that we're saved by grace through faith alone, but works will follow. And uh, nowadays, people, they they say they pray to prayer and they believe that they're on their way to heaven, but they're living like the devil. Right? Jesus said, you are your father, the devil. Right. and The lust of the father, you will do. You know, the lust of the father. And so what people will do, is they will use grace to make them believe that they're on their way to heaven and give them an excuse to live like the devil. And uh, that's irreconcilable. And uh, there's a fine line there. And so some people will say, oh, no, you're saved by faith and works. But we believe that you're saved by faith that works. Yeah. A faith that changes your life. Right. And uh, if a person's life is not changed, um, like the old saints and the old preachers would say, you better check your salvation mm-hmm. because, you know, the Holy spirit comes in, you know, there's a radical change in your belief and your mindset. And, uh, before you were lost, you know, and hell bound, now you're heaven bound. That's a radical change that begins on the inside and worked its way out. And Jesus said this, he said, start with the inside. The heart has got to be, it starts with the heart. And then he says, after you get the heart right, then you clean the outside.
1: Now, that is certainly um, a point of, well, I guess, where we and the hyper-grace people would come together. There's a point of overlap right there where we say it's all about the heart. There is. But they say because it's about the heart, it's not about anything else. As long as your heart is right, you can go ahead and cuss and get your tattoos and drink your beer because your heart's right, and that's all God's concerned about. But our point of 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 separation where where our our paths separate there. We say it's all about the heart. The heart's most important. Heart first. Your heart's got to be right. Is that if the heart's right, it produces a clean life. living. They say as long as the heart's right, your life doesn't matter. We say if your heart's right, your life will change. Yes. Uh, but this hyper-grace stuff is just, it, it, it goes in complete opposite direction of what the Bible teaches. It yes. says that these people use it as an occasion to the flesh, um, they sure do. Now, there's two words here that
0: I think are important to keep these two words in this order, faith and then fruit, okay? So we need to have faith first, but Jesus says, by their fruits, ye shall know them. By their fruits, ye shall know them. Not by their faith, but by their fruits. And or you could say fruits or works or changed life. Now, the whole independent Baptist movement the modern-day independent Baptist movement, because there's always been independent Baptist churches throughout history that have not identified or symbolized with Rome or the Protestant Reformation. They were called different things, Anabaptist, uh, Novationists, you know, and things of that nature. But the modern independent Baptist movement came out of the Southern Baptist Convention, basically. The Southern Baptist Convention began to... um, what would you say overemphasize grace now that you would say oh well that, how could you overemphasize grace man this guy's talking heresy but when you redefine grace to fit your lifestyle rather than keep the definition you know within the confines of the word of god well then you're becoming a heretic and uh, we are saved by grace what is grace god is unmerited favor mm-hmm. it's unmerited favor that's what it is and uh, And so we, God is not pleased with us directly, but he's pleased with us through Christ, you know, and we find favor in God through Christ. Right. And, um, but to take that and to overextend that is a perversion of grace Mm -hmm. and a perversion of the gospel. There's no question about it. Right. And uh, so now what has happened, and this this is really breaking my heart. Brother Hiles used to say, and others as well. When I, was, when I was a kid preacher, listening to the more seasoned preachers that were my age now, um, I'm 61, I'll be 62 next month, um, would say, you know, man, hey, we've got to stay by the word of God. You know, there's got to be a final authority. We've got to, we, we, we've got to stick together on, on, the, on the fundamentals of the faith. And, uh, of course, that would be the word of God. If you don't have a final authority, then you become the final authority. And just like the Bible says in the book of Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes or decided what was right based upon, you know, their interpretations. So we've got to have a literal interpretation of the word of God. We've got to decide what the word of God is. Now we have people that churches that were fundamental 20, 30 years ago, they, they couldn't even define the word of God, mm-hmm. which that is the main book that gives that that defines everything else. Yep. You know, so if you don't have that, you've got nothing. Mm-hmm. And then we see that these churches and these preachers that were, we would say, fundamental Baptist preachers. They would say, I'm pulling out of the fun- you know, fundamental Baptist movement, <laughs> you know, and I'm no longer a fundamentalist. I remember talking to a preacher a couple years ago. He called me up, and I guess he wanted to argue with me because I got a bone to pick with nobody, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. He listened to our podcast or something. So he calls, he calls me, and he says, you know, I used to be one of you guys, mm-hmm. you know. And this is, this is what he told me. He said, um, you know, and I had all the standards that you have. You know, you, know, you preach that women shouldn't dress like men and things. But women shouldn't dress like men. Right and um you know you preach you shouldn't go to the movies and all this and he says i used to believe the same that's so condescending to say that because mm-hmm. i could turn it around and say well i used to be like you uh-huh. that goes nowhere right you know but i listened to him and, and so anyway this is this is what he told me he says and i found myself to be judge, very judgmental of other people who didn't have my standards well that's across the board mm-hmm. you know because Everybody has high standards to somebody, right? you know. So that is so relative. And that, that's such, such a, um, I would say, a juvenile, elementary explanation right. of where he's coming from. So anyway, I'm thinking to myself all along, well, why can't you just change your heart? Mm-hmm. Why can't you get your heart right with God? Why do you got to judge other people? Why don't you just live a holy and godly life, you know, as the Bible says, you know, holy men of old, why can't, in 200 years, it would be wonderful for people to look back at us and say, man, there were holy men of old, godly men that denied worldliness. And, uh, but nowadays, you know, we're, we're not making any concessions for Christ. You know, nothing. I mean, we're not sacrificing anything. The same guy that I'm talking about, he cancels church all the time. I mean, if he goes out of town, he just cancels church. Preacher's not going to be there. He just cancels church. So once you start going that, down that road, there is no end to it. And I just believe we ought to have a high standard. Now, those people who have high standards should not judge people who have higher standards. Neither should we judge those who have lower standards. But we ought to, the Bible is, is, ought to be our standard. Yeah. And nobody is ever going to arrive to the level of living that Jesus lived right in this fleshly sinful li- life and right. body that we live in. But it ought to be our goal to live a holy and godly
1: life. Yeah, so he uh somebody who would say like, you know, um because I was I had high standards, that caused me to be judgmental. Um instead of, you know, looking at well, maybe it's my attitude that's wrong. He said, "Well, no, it's these standards that's making me judgmental." Yes. Um that it's you know, that it's so typical of so many people. They always blame shift instead of just getting down to the root cause, it's it's me. I'm the problem. No, I got to get do away with my standards. I got to do away with my you know the church that I go to. It's too legalistic or whatever, and that's what's making me judgmental. It could be you're just judgmental and you get right with God. You'll find out that a
0: lot of these churches that are you know hyper grace, you'll find that they don't have church on Sunday night. they don't have church on Wednesday night. Now they may have things going on. And you'll find out that, that their main focus is, you know, abortion. Well, that's not our main focus. Our main focus is getting right with God. Mm-hmm. If the country has revival, then the abortion problem will go away. Mm-hmm. But they want to pick at the leaves. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Lord, well, John the Baptist said, you need to lay the ax to the root, to the heart. And I think this preacher, I think that, that honestly, uh, he, he's an insult to the ministry. Um, he ought to be on fire for God, and uh he ought to desire to want to preach every sunday and the way I look at it is man there 's people that are they're they're they 're starving for the truth, and they need church, and this old boy he just closes church whenever but here's here 's something else you know Jesus said you swallow a you know a gnat you know you sw- you, you, you know strain it in a gnat and swallow a camel, and I think that 's what 's happening, man, we will take I mean, mountains, we'll drink gallons of liberalism and we will leave a church over one ounce of what they perceive to be legalism. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Several years ago, I talked to another preacher and boy, he really wanted me to go to the Southern Baptist Convention. I am not going to a Southern Baptist Convention. I've got nothing in common with a Southern Baptist. You say, well, don't they preach the same gospel? Well, yeah, and I praise the Lord for that you know, if they do. But um, I got nothing from from the gospel on. I got nothing in common with them. I don't want to hear the rock music. I don't want to hear preaching out of the NIV. None of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any difference how moving or patriotic the convention is. Man, I told him, I said, why don't you go to pastor school with me? Yeah. Um, But anyway, we. I was talking to you, I guess it was, Um, I guess maybe a year ago. And uh, there's this pastor that I, I really admire and um, he was talking and preaching actually and he says I'm pulling out of the independent fundamental Baptist movement and I'm thinking man you don't even understand what it what an independent fundamental Baptist is right there's nothing to pull out of right you know um, now I will grant I will grant you that people will tie themselves together you know, maybe Southwide Baptist fellowship or you know these different conferences or pastors conferences or youth conferences or whatever. I will grant that. But what makes us unique is that every single church is an independent church. It's it ought to be fundamental. It ought to have high standards of holiness and godliness, just like the Methodists did a hundred years ago, just like the Pentecostals did,
1: just yep. like everybody did, yeah, you know. The Nazarenes and the Wesleyans. Well, um, the, the hyper-grace churches that claim to have been freed from this judgmental attitude, many times they take just, uh, you know, they, they don't judge, you know, sin, I guess you would say. They don't have any standards of music, and, you know, they're fine with Christian rap and Christian rock because, you know, they have freedom in Christ, but they'll look at a church that still has old-fashioned music and they'll be just as judgmental that way. It's just, it's just pointing a different direction. They claim that we, as the old-fashioned religion, old-time religion, are judgmental of um, these 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 new new-age churches and everything that comes with them. While they are the same way, it's it's human nature, and you're not gonna do away with it by switching churches or switching movements. Uh, you, you're still gonna find that that wicked heart that wants to judge and condemn and put yourself on a pedestal and i've arrived i've come out of where you're at i'm better than you um it's just flip-flop it's like racism today you know it used to be racism against yes. black people now it's reverse racism now you know you got to apologize for being white and now um you know it if there was legalism it was this well my standards are higher than yours and now legalism is reversed and I'm no longer like you, Pharisaical Christians, because I don't believe in you know dress standards and music standards. So I'm better than you. i I look down on you now. It's the same thing. It's the same human heart that's broken, and uh, you're gonna find it either way. But it's it's a lot more comfortable to be free in Christ, so to speak. Then you can go to your mixed swimming parties. You can go down to Hurricane Harbor at Six Flags, and you don't feel bad about it. And you're righteous, you're pharisaical, you know, of thinking I'm righteous because I, I don't have these standards. Um, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, we, have
0: got, we have got to realize that there is still a whole lot more room for growth. And uh, we are not as far along down the, you know, the, the road of maturity as we'd like to think that we are. You know, there's a lot of us who are still, after many years, still babes in Christ. Um, I mean, they're just not growing, you know. Um, But here's something else. It seems as if we're very hypocritical and we have a double standard in this area of standards because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to standards. And standards, what we mean is a standard of living, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and living by the word of God. And I want to say, first of all, everybody has standards. Right. And so if you, if you were to judge somebody that has higher standards than you and says, well, you just haven't arrived, you haven't really had an experience with grace, you know, your eyes haven't been opened or whatever, somebody else could say the same thing about you because everybody has standards. Yep. And you have higher standards than a lot of other people, no yep. matter where your level is. People just can't grasp that. No, they, they really can't. But here's something else. We demand standards of excellence in everything else. Yep. You know, you demand standards of excellence when you go out to a restaurant. Uh-huh. You want to know that the government has gone in there and checked to make sure that the floors are clean. There's no mice running around right. in the back room. You want to make sure that as far as EPA, those standards and uh, the drug enforcement, you know, and the food administration, they have all gone in and made sure that. They're going by the book. You went, When you go pick up your drugs at a pharmacy, you ex- you demand high standards of the pharmacist. Yep. When, you, when you pump gas, you demand high standards. You don't want that gasoline mixed with any water at all because that's your money, you know? Right. And the drugs, that's your life. And um, you demand high standards when a mechanic fixes your car. You don't want him to just use any screw or bolt or whatever you want the right parts for that car in every area of life you demand that except in the most important area where are the most frivolous about yep you know and um I, I, our kids are going to camp in a few weeks take a lifeguard take a policeman you demand standards of excellence from a lifeguard and from a policeman but what about standards of excellence for a child of god yep
1: and for a church or for a preacher, uh, preaching the preaching the Bible. Why should anybody be
0: offended when the preacher preaches, you know, a high standard mm-hmm. or one that you have not arrived at yet? Yep. Um, one th- or a coach for that matter, a piano player, or a piano teacher, or a coach. You want that coach or that teacher to bring you up mm-hmm. to a higher level, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it comes by virtue of being precise. Hey, you hit the wrong note. Right. Now the kid could come along and say, it's just one note off. Mm -hmm. But it's not on. Right. And uh, musicians, they have high standards. Those, you know, those concerts, man, they they go on stage hours before and they fine-tune those instruments, so that they are right on. I'm talking about the guitars and yep, things. Yep. They fine-tune them. They do a mic check. They do all of it because they want it to be right. We demand that in every area, and in every area we, we want that and desire that, except in the area of Christian living. As, as if we, um, I don't know, we are proud of the fact that
1: we are God ungodly. Well, that's just what it comes down to. We are proud of it. Or well, I should say this 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 line of thinking, because in their view, um, they've well, it's this freedom in Christ thing. It's like they've come out of the legalism. Legalism is a big buzzword, and uh, freedom in Christ. First of all, anybody who, like you said, has high standards higher than them, um, you haven't been enlightened to grace. Um, but of course, like you just said, and you say this all the time, um, but somebody could be looking at you okay so you've come out of the dress standards say now you know you're a, you grew up fundamental baptist and but now you don't think you know you now you're a woman you wear pants right well there's there's a southern baptist behind you that says you're still a legalist because you don't drink and it's certain you you need to come out and find freedom in christ and start drinking your alcohol um you know and stop being so judgmental to those who would drink and there's someone behind him who says well you're so close-minded because you don't believe in same-sex marriage you know and that's you know, you need to come find freedom in Christ, so to speak. Again, just, just perverting the grace of God into lasciviousness. That's exactly right. But they 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 get hung up on this legalism uh, and this freedom in Christ. They believe that growth spiritually produces looser living. They right. equate spiritual growth with loose living because they think grace produces freedom to sin rather than freedom from sin. Right? Absolutely. Um Whereas you know, and, and the, I was going to read this verse. It's Romans six, but it says, uh, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid! How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein?" It's it's the exact opposite teaching of what this hyper grace stuff. The road that it goes down. Right. Of course, their comeback is, "Well, we are abstaining from sin,"
0: and uh, but we are saying, uh, "Well." There's always room for growth. You know, um, how much have you grown? And, and it's always inside. You know, I have more love than I've had before. Right. That kind of a thing. But but think of it this way. There's got to be somebody out there that pays the bills um, to have your church that can preach this false grace. Somebody is paying the bills. Right. So because there's a standard that the electric company is demanding. Right. And that's going to be four or five hundred dollars. And you, you can send them all the love you want, uh-huh. you know, but they don't want that love. They want they want the loot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and so somebody, you know what? You can say whatever you want to say, but sooner or later, you are going to have to live up to a certain level of living to maintain your lifestyle. Right. Um, but I want to say this as well. You know, Jesus says, by their fruits, ye shall know them. And what a parent. So here's what happens. So a parent goes and takes uh, a a father, takes his wife and his young children to a, let's say, one of these hyper grace churches. And that's the main focus. So you don't hear much preaching on hell. I've never heard Joel Osteen say the word hell. And I've listened to a lot of his sermons. Um, And uh, you, you just don't hear a bunch of revival kind of sermons like you need to get right with God. Right. And uh and that kind of a thing. Calling sin
1: sin. Like Calling we mentioned
0: earlier. sin sin. Right, right. Um, but here's the thing. So you send your kids there, you go there and you send your kids there, and you're just getting fed every day, you know, like you were saying, loose living under the umbrella of grace. You can do what you want. So God doesn't become a priority now. It's the it's the dog wagging the the tail, right. the tail wagging the dog. Right. Excuse me. And so, I, I know people that under the guise of grace, they don't go to church. Right. You know, whenever, whenever there is, say, a, a baseball game, or a football, yeah, a football game, or the kids are in soccer, the parents, they're, they're they're under grace. They don't need to go to church. And as far as tithing, you know, or giving to support the ministry, you know, they they just they have it. They'll give if they if they don't want to, they they won't. But here's what I'm going to say. Um, and so they're hearing that. Don't be judgmental. You know that, that t- talking point. Yep. And so the preacher never is judgmental of anything because that's the message. And so what you embrace, your children, uh, you know th- that's the, that's the lifestyle they're going to live. Right. If you hear it, you know the next generation is going to live it. Yep. What you hold in their hand, what you hold in your hand. They are going to embrace in their heart. And so what you're going to find is you're going to find that kids, they're going to grow up, and as soon as they graduate from school, they're going to graduate from Sunday school. They're done. And the only thing that's going to keep them there is, is worldliness, mm-hmm. a rock concert. Yep. And, uh, f- for example, we have two missionaries. We cut them off because of the churches that – they were in the, they were fundamental Baptists Baptist, believed in holiness and godliness and separation from the world. And now what's happened is the world has come right into the church and it's all to, to I don't know, build the church to get numbers. but Jesus, he was never concerned about that. He was concerned about preaching the truth and uh, and, and so I was listening to one of the churches. guy used to be a fundamental Baptist, you know. And uh, when he would speak in revivals in the area, our, we would go there. We'd take our teens there. And now it is unbelievable. It's embarrassing. It looks like a kiss, a Rolling Stones concert. Um, just, un, uh, just embarrassing. And so you're gonna have a steady diet of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and then you're being taught that that's okay because yep. this is this is all in Christ. Uh-huh. Then we've got to expect that that generation is also going to embrace homosexuality, yes. embrace loose living, hmm. fooling around, shacking up, yep. living like the devil. We have that problem here. Um, and I'm sure every church does. People come in the back door, you know, and you think, well, there's a there's a cute married couple. Yep. And come to find out, they're just living together. Right. Common law marriage, that's a bunch of baloney. Yep. And so, you know, of course, I preach, you know, <laughs> you get married, yep. you're living in sin. And the Bible says... You say whatever you want to say. Paul said, "I told you before. I'm telling you again. You live like that. You ain't saved. That's what Paul said." Mm-hmm.
1: And you say all the time, but "Yeah, you you can't expect to be lackadaisical about this stuff." And it and and. Uh and uh, raise raise your kids to, to live like you live you have to be determined tirelessly fighting cuz satan's not giving up and you give an inch in these areas they're going to take they're you go an inch down that road and your kids are going to go a mile down that oh, road oh yes and uh how how clear that has become you know it, recently in my life but you just got to you've got to be tenaciously fighting in this area i mean not not giving an inch because uh, uh you do and it's 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 a principle of compromise that you teach to your kids rather yes. than a principle of, of God's word. It's stability. It's now a principle of compromise that you've taught them. Okay,
0: 34 years, 33 years, full-time in the ministry, my observation is this. If a parent will miss occasionally, okay, say maybe once a month, the kids will miss as soon as it's within their power to make their own decision, they'll miss a year,
1: mm-hmm. you know. I wish that we had some examples to say they say this this proves us wrong, but we don't. We don't we don't. If you miss occasionally, the kid comes occasionally. You know, that, that's exactly right. As soon as it is within his power
0: mm-hmm. to, to decide. Because you have already by your example, you have taught your child, okay, God is not the most important thing. And anything that can come up will put God is on our list of priorities, but it's the lowest of the priorities. Mm-hmm. If there's something else to do, somewhere else to go, somebody else to see, we're going to do that. And if we have any time left, we'll go to church. And the kid is going to say, oh, okay, well, that's that's the principle. That's that, the principle. Yeah. That uh, dad is, has taught us and mom has taught us. It's so sad, so very sad. But I, I I guess the thing that is so sad, we've talked about this before, is people that I know. That have, you know, missionaries that we supported, rock rib fundamentalists. We got to cancel them. They have gone over the deep end. And people that you've went to college with, people that I've gone to college with, I'm talking about a fundamental Baptist college, going over the deep end. I mean, basically, their doctrine is determined on their way of their lifestyle determines their doctrine. Yeah. You know, and so you can't have a Bible. So now you become criticized in the word of God because you can't have a standard of authority, you know? And, uh, once you break, break that, then it's just a matter of time. You're going down for the count. It's yeah. just a matter of time. Yep. And we, I've seen it. Um, with, with Jerry Falwell, mm-hmm. when Jerry Falwell made that one compromise, yep. you know, he bought that, uh, from Jim Baker, that, um, playground down there in South Carolina or North Carolina. I can't remember what it, what it was, you know, but, uh, um, from there, next thing you know, he's going to speak at Southern Baptist churches. Then he declares himself to be a Southern Baptist. This is back before probably many of you, you know, that are listening are alive. But all this happened about 1983. I mean, Jerry Falwell used to be a rock rib fundamentalist. Brother Hollis used to speak for him. Jim Vineyard uh, was Jerry Falwell's bus director at once. Mm-hmm. Jim Vineyard. Wow. You know, and uh, how it's all just kind of changed over time. And I, honestly, you know, a church— can go liberal overnight nowadays Mm -hmm. i mean we got to stay on the ball and as far as i'm concerned every sermon every sunday has got to be hot Mm -hmm. you know hot and fresh that doesn't mean that every sermon has got to uh you can't preach
1: on the love of god i just mean with
0: passion yeah that every sermon ought ought to touch
1: every life Mm -hmm. well um one thing about this this uh this teaching as far as you know under the guise of grace letting certain things slip what what I think, I'll get your input on this. The teaching kind of has a similar root but a different fruit, as we mentioned, right? We both would agree that it's about the heart. You've got to get to the heart. And what good is it if you carry a King James Bible and go to church every Sunday if you're, you know, you're not saved or you're, you, you don't love the Lord? There's Absolutely. examples of that. There's examples of, of people who uh, do all the right things but their heart's not right. And uh, so we would both agree on that. Um, and so, but their contention would be, well, why do you have to preach on all the peripheral stuff? Why do you got to preach on the King James Bible? Just preach on them getting their heart right, and that'll fix itself. And actually, I've, I've heard similar teaching from you, right? Um, why, in fact, you even say that, you know, about our, our school and things like that. You know, why, what do we care if the kid is, 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 is uh, doing all the right things if their heart's not right? That's right. Um, and so what we need to do is get the heart right uh and then that'll produce the right actions uh so why do why are we going to preach against rock music why not just preach on you know you know well you need to love the lord and that's kind of where these grace people go no you just love the lord you know uh, a fresh uh, view of christ and uh, this freedom that christ offers and then that will produce the way we're supposed to live um as opposed to Like you said, clipping at all the leaves. Well, stop going to your rock concerts. You need to stop dressing like a a heathen. you know Tattoos are wrong and uh, all that stuff. Clipping away at the leaves. But uh, these grace people would say, why are you wasting your time there? Just preach on the heart as long as the heart's right. As long as your heart's right, you know, and then God reveals to you you don't need all these legalistic standards. Well, standards certainly don't make you right, but
0: standards will reveal whether or not you are right. Because standards, biblical standards, would be obedience to the Lord, okay? And uh, we ought to fear God. The Bible says, fear God, keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. The Bible says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Mm-hmm. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge, the scriptures say. And uh, the fear of the Lord is so many beneficial things to a child of God. And so, um, regarding the, the, the King James, for example, I think that's a no-brainer because you've got to have a standard. Right. There's got to be a standard. And so um, th- there's, there's a standard in everything. Yep. And uh, when, when you open up some gadget that you buy, I just got a dishwasher, so I'm going to have to go home and I'm going to have to open up the manual. I'm going to have to open up the instructions on how to make it work. You No matter what you buy, you know there's going to come an instruction manual with it. And so the Bible is the instruction manual. Now, I might have all the best of intentions. I <laughs> might have a good heart, I may want to, um, you know, have a dishwasher for my wife because I love my wife and I just want to do what's best for her. But, brother, if I hook it up wrong, you know,
1: then I'm in trouble. doesn't matter how, how sincere
0: you were. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, kids got to be taught, for example, when you jump start a car, positive goes with positive and negative goes with negative, you know, and you just can't just... Well, I saw somebody do it one time. You need instruction. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful than any sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword. See, Eve, she thought she was doing the right thing because she was listening to the devil. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what people are doing now. They're listening to the devil. Pervert the grace of God. And if you're perverting the grace of God, grace is part of the gospel. You're perverting the gospel as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, so in so many areas... In so many areas, you gotta you gotta have it right. Now, regarding the standards, I think we ought to preach a high standard and let people just just do the best that they can to live it. Just do do your best. Uh, just like any piano teacher would say, this is the right way to play it. Now you ain't gonna play it right, but do the best you can.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and and it c- kind of rests on that King James Bible argument right there. There's your standard because that. You know, why do we preach certain high standards? Because the Bible clearly says it. But then, they, you know, other people would argue, well, it doesn't clearly say that um, because they've, they've mishandled the Word of God. They've taken liberties with it. Correct. They don't believe it means what it says. Correct, and
0: that could go either way. They could say that about, say, us, and we could say that about them. Uh, we got to be vigilant, right. you know. we got to be sober and vigilant and uh, just look and see where this loose living doctrine
1: of where it leads there's a good teaching on that and then uh, i mentioned this to you the other day but um actually i heard a sermon about it a guy preached the end of something and you can do yourself a lot of good by just taking a look at where something leads where where this ends up um you know the the, the these churches yes. that embrace this teaching what are they producing um or you know what's coming out of that where is this this lifestyle leading Yes. Um, A lot of times that that can show you.
0: That's right. Jesus said, wisdom is justified in her children. And you can see it literally in children or its fruit, you know, the fruit of your belief. Well, thank you for listening in. As always, we enjoy uh, chatting about uh, doctrinal issues in in this current world in which we live. Um, We appreciate your feedback. Thanks for joining in. Hope to hear from you next week.